it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 618 for December 6, 2019, and I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, I'm really excited to welcome to the show for the first time, Adam Angst. I had the accidental pleasure of meeting Adam by sitting down next to him at the Mac Tech Conference, and we goofed around a lot at the show and had a lot of fun. So, uh, But I want to do a long introduction beforehand because I want to make sure, um, I'm sure the vast majority of you know who Adam is already, but for those of you who might not already know him, I'd like to pull some tidbits, as they might say, from his bio. In elementary school, he consistently received check marks for dresses appropriately for the weather. As an avid reader in middle school, he won the sixth grade reading contest by reading over 250 books in a month, beating not just all the other students, but all of the other classes, except for one. And he could have beaten that class if their teacher hadn't made him, asked him not to. But seriously, Adam is the publisher of the fabulous newsletter and website entitled Tidbits. Now, I pride myself on doing the Nocella cast for 14 years. Adam has been publishing Tidbits for over 29 years. So welcome to the show, Adam. Did I miss anything important in your bio? Let's see. I invented advertising on the internet, and Google has yet to say thank you. Oh, they're so mean that way. <laughs> I'm a little sorry about that. So, uh, didn't quite go where I was anticipating. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Oops, my bad. <laughs> the whole internet thing. Oh, I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry, should 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 have not invented that. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. <laughs> It seemed like such a good idea at the time. I bet, I bet. <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, I wanted to chat with you about an article. I mean, it, you're going to be fun to have on the show. This isn't. This is just your first appearance, but this can be fun because all I got to do is go to tidbits, find an article I find interesting that you've written, and then get you to talk about it. Pretty much. I mean, I, I mean, one of the things that actually is true is I've been writing for long enough that articles um. I don't want to say they're distilled exactly, but there's usually more or more commentary or stuff that could be said that I'm not going to put in the article because, like, it's not 100% confirmed or, you know, <laughs> like, I'm kind of guessing or it's just speculation that I don't want to, like, bring up and then sort of have people whacking on me in the comments for whatever. So, yes, there's usually a bunch, even more than the, the articles have. And everybody expect, expects podcasts to be speculation and, and not fact-based. <laughs> yeah, so. right. Hey, no one cares about talking about the podcast. <laughs> just talking out of our butts there. Well, the, the article that really caught my eye first out of many was um, an article entitled IBM finds its Mac users to be more productive than PC users. Oh, you gotta I, love I really, that title. <laughs> I, I, and that, it took me so long to bring that one back down to, um, you know, IBM finds its Mac users to be, you know, um, better employees and prettier than PC users. Or, they, they you smell know. better. <laughs> They're, they all smell of those. better, they sing better, you know, just like pretty much everything. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, my, my tagline is an ever so slight Apple bias, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to say, you know, I mean, like, I mean, those of us who are in this world know that IBM is no longer a manufacturer of PCs that compete with Apple. IBM hasn't done that in years. I mean, they're big enterprise. They do major outsourcing to large companies, et cetera, et cetera. But still, for those of us who remember the days, having IBM say this is just great. Just, I mean, it's just like, oh yeah, take that, Michael Dell. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I, I know that they started down this path a long time ago. Um, they decided to give people the choice. Right. Of a Mac or a PC. How, yeah. how far back was that? Uh, I think that was 2015. Um, so, yeah, uh, 
at, oh, so I should back up a little bit. So okay. a lot of this comes from the Jamf Nation user conference. Jamf is is uh, device management software, Jamf Pro, and they have this conference, which is kind of an interesting conference because it's actually bigger than almost any other Mac conference I go to now. This is like two thousand oh, wow. people, and yeah, everybody's so Mac be Apple people. Everyone's Apple because that's all Jamf does, mm -hmm. and um, and it's all Jamf. It's like Jamf, Jamf, Jamf for multiple days. But one of the things that they're really interested in um, promoting is the fact that large enterprises use the Mac and use Apple uh, products um, in general with Jamf to manage them. So they they tend to they tend to get kind of interesting big business people at their keynotes. So um, this IBM guy Fletcher Previn, um, when he started, uh, he first showed up um, at at, at JNUC, um, so as the conference is called, in 2005. He was uh, the VP of Workplace as a Service, which is such <laughs> a you got kidding me. But seriously, only IT people can make up a name that good. Waz or something. Um, so, so in any event, so he comes and I mean, this is a, this is a great keynote because he's like, we're IBM again. People are still have that little bit of IBM is anti Apple. We're IBM and we've just made this you know established this new Mac at IBM program where employees get to pick whether they want a Mac or a PC. That was a bold and, move back then. A bold move, indeed. And basically, his principle, his, his thinking was um, that they could save money um, and reduce support costs. And, you know, I mean, like, let's face it, businesses, really, it's all about the bottom line. Sure. And so if they can save money, you know, they'll, they'll I mean, they're, they, you know, some of these businesses will worry about what it, the optics will look like if they, you know, go to a competitor's product or something like that. But, you know, a lot of the time, they're just like, hey, we save money. And so that's what it came down to. And it, so well, back then, the, there weren't as many of the tools uh, really so as, as mature to manage a large network of, of Macs as there were for Windows. Absolutely. And that's um, and that's a lot of why, again, Jamf was a big deal because, um, you know, this was a, a, an installation of, you know, 130,000 Macs. Wow. I mean, that's, that's how a, many people chose. That's out of what, 600,000 that, employees? Yep. Um, like I actually asked uh, Fletcher. Fletcher said that it's it's actually it's hard to say how many employees IBM has <laughs> because as they take on clients, they sometimes like take on their their technical employees. So the company, and then the, okay. if they like lose a contract, they'll quote unquote lose those employees. So he said the company can actually swing by 10 or 20,000 pretty quickly. Wow. I thought you were going to um, say you couldn't count them because they kept moving around really fast. <laughs> it's like hard to, oh shoot, three, I got to start over again. <laughs> what? One wonderful employee. <laughs> Sorry, Sesame Street. <laughs> way back um so uh yeah so in any event uh, i think i think somewhere in the 385 400 000 is, oh, okay. is where you okay. can see it now um so so yeah so it's a it's a pretty good pretty good chunk and you know and they found that indeed max required far less in the way of support staff um, you know, the specific numbers were um, they actually had just 24 help desk employees supporting those 130,000 Macs. Oh, it was sorry, 100,000, 30,000 Macs and iOS devices. OK, so that's not humans. That's the devices. Well, yeah, 130,000 is, is devices. So you okay. know, someone might have multiple ones, um, et cetera, et cetera. But it was basically, you know, one support tech for about 5,400 Apple users versus one support tech for about every 240 PC users. Whoa. Wait, I got to do some math. 540, <laughs> wait, 5,400 divided by 242. Wow. 22 to 1. 
That is that is bananas. And the reason was is only about five percent of the Mac users called the help desk for assistance, whereas about forty percent of the PC users did. Wow. Now was this this was back in twenty fifteen that he reported this? This is, this? This is twenty fifteen. Okay, yes. so so this is really. At the time that I saw this, I really wanted to believe this. I remember when this came out and uh, I worked in a company of about 60,000 employees and and I used a Mac. There isn't anything that would have gotten me to call the help desk. I mean, there could have been flames coming out of the back of my Mac because I didn't want anybody to take it away from me. So I would never raise my hand. But when it gets to be 130,000 and it's officially supported. Yeah, right. But I mean, so you know, I think we can all be mature about this and acknowledge that, you know, you can you <laughs> pretend that, that you that you can actually get the same kind of stuff done on a Mac as on a PC, you mm-hmm. know, that, that, that PCs really can do the same things. But, you know, watching from the outside, um, you know, my wife recently um, had a, uh, took a job at Cornell and for the first nine months she had to use a PC oh. and listening to her talk about just how freaking hard certain things were. She actually brought certain bits of work home because it was going to be like five minutes on her iMac and it was going to be hours on her PC. And it's not necessarily that it was impossible on the PC, but you know, it takes so much more knowledge in that world. So one of the reasons why IBM did the the Mac at home, uh, Mac at IBM program was people are Mac users. And if they get hired by IBM and you force them to use a PC, they're really hard up because they just don't have that background. So, so I, I, I did have to switch to Windows in the last five years I was working. And I, I had the same exact experience as Tanya, but I didn't I assumed it was just that I didn't know how to use it. Sometimes that's true, but a lot of times it's not. I mean, one of the things that you really don't quite realize sometimes being a Mac user is that some of our sort of go-to apps, Keyboard Maestro is my big example. So like Keyboard Maestro comes from Peter Lewis, good friend of mine, nice guy in Australia, um, and he's been working on it for years and years and years and years. It is a top-notch macro automation program. Mm -hmm. It's really, really good and incredibly powerful. And it's best in class, not just on the Mac, but in general. Okay. And so... Yes, there's macro programs for the PC, you know, and but particularly if you have any experience with Keyboard Maestro, you're just going to be able to do things there so much more easily. But again, um, than, that's because you're experienced on the Mac side. Right. But but again, that's partly because it's also just a really good program. Right, right. That ties into you can you can do Unix shell scripts, you can do Apple script, you can connect to Automator. That's outside of all the stuff that Keyboard Maestro does natively. Um, so a lot of the stuff is just like the integration that Apple has built in, the Unix underpinnings, all that stuff really makes for a, a top-notch situation. And, I, I have and had people ask me, could I ever switch to Windows? And my answer is not until Audio Hijack is on Windows. Precisely. I mean, that's an, an, a, cor- a corollary <laughs> example, right? It's just this is the best application in the world. I mean, I... Yeah, and every now and then, I mean, I've had to use Windows on and off every now and then over the years, and um, and, you know, and I mean, I remember the, like the one of the things that I was, um, I was actually pretty impressed with that I think there was a screenshot app for Windows that was really good. I okay. want to say Camtasia, maybe. Oh, Camtasia made something called Jing, was the screenshot app. Camtasia is the is their screen recording software, and it's okay. the worst piece of software I've ever used okay. in my entire life. But Jing was good. 
Yeah. Well, but any of it was just, it was one of those things where I was like, I looked at it like, wow, that's really good. I mean, you know, like I'm aware of all the software on the Mac and most of it's not that good, you know? So, you know, you can have programs which are just the best on any platform. And right. a whole lot of Mac programs really do fall into that category. So it's not the, just familiar if, with it. If we look at, at the support costs again and, and think of when you would call in, I, I wonder whether a lot of it is things that we take for granted on a Mac. I, I, take my laptop into my room and I sit in bed and have my coffee in the morning. When I come back to my desk, I set it down, I plug in the monitor and the monitor comes up and it comes up on the side. It should come up and I can move <laughs> my cursor between the two. That is not yeah. what my experience was using windows. It was basically uh, like you say, there was 10 minutes of my life gone. If I ever plugged it into a new pro a projector and then had to go back to my desk, uh, poof, the, the PC had no idea what was going on. Maybe they fixed that by now, but I think it's little things like yeah. that that we take for granted. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, you know, there is going to be, and again, we'll get to this whole question of correlation and causation, but, you know, there, I mean, people who are Mac users expect certain kinds of things and they made an unpopular choice at some point in their, pre, you know, in their past. Right. So probably they know a little bit more and are a little bit more like invested in and bought into the whole concept because they had to do a little bit more for themselves. They didn't have as many friends who were going to know it. They, you know, just all those resources were a little bit harder to come by. Um, so it's possible again that, you know, people who choose the Mac because of having had chosen it at some distant point in the past are a little bit higher on that tech capability scale. You know, uh, proof of a good theory is if your gut tells you it's right, right? So, uh, <laughs> I completely agree with that. And, and it, it come, I, I asked some of my windows friends who really love windows. I mean, they're not just using it by default. They actually would choose it. They enjoy it. They play with them and they're, they're into it. And I asked him, I said, so like, where's your, your PC community? Like, where do you go hang out and talk to other PC people about what you use? And they said, what? <laughs> All right. What are you talking about? And I think part of that growth of those little communities or and now huge communities was because we made that unpopular choice is you had to you had to circle the wagons and help each other because there, it wasn't the popular choice. And to be fair, that is changing a little bit. I I find with younger people, um, you know, watching my son, you know, at Cornell, um, students overwhelmingly choose Macs. I mean, college students, I forget, something like 70% or something like that. Really? I mean, it's huge. Really? Um, but um, it's, uh, you know, my, what I've also seen is, is that those, you know, that as it becomes more popular, the level of tech capability ratchets down as well. Yeah. You know, so, right, you know, now it's, it's just, comes, a, just it's a, a tool. Like iPhone right iphone users they have no clue how to use their iphones um, right, but right. everyone has an iphone so what does it matter right yeah. right <laughs> so so now we've we've talked about uh, what they discovered in 2015 so they've yeah. got this 22 to 1 uh improvement <laughs> in support costs yeah. and that, i mean how can any company not look at that i mean i sent it to my cio when i was working this just came yeah. out right before i, I think Anyway, uh, how could they not choose that but they've discovered something even more interesting now right yeah. Well, so so they did come back. They kept coming. Fletcher Previn kept coming back to JNOC. Um and so in 2016, he actually did a total cost of ownership study. Oh, okay. Because, because I mean, you know, total cost of ownership does includes you know um, uh, support costs, but it also includes other things like device longevity and and repairs and stuff like that. Right. Um, and so that was when he 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 reported that IBM was saving um, between like 270 and 540 bucks. Um, 
on a Mac per Mac compared to PCs. And that was they over were, the, a four-year lifespan. Over, over a four-year lifespan, precisely. I wonder why uh, there's a range. Wouldn't it be one or the it, other? Oh, I thought that was interesting too. And the best I could count the users. (laughs) Yeah, one one things that I thought was is that it might have to do with different kinds of of um, installations, like different types of users. One of the things that became clear in talking with him this time is like IBM has vastly different types of users. Right. Right. So, like, if if they're a salesperson, for instance, versus engineering or versus engineer, right? It's just completely different kind of user. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so that's that, so that's kind of that's kind of interesting, and I, he actually told me in person when I was there um, that um, they had actually redone those numbers and they were higher now, um, but I didn't get that. I didn't get that statistic. Um, yeah, the written. the link you uh, you linked to in your article says uh, from the Jam Conference says five hundred thirty five dollars less expensive than PCs. Oh, so maybe that's the maybe it's maybe that's uh, new number is is just maybe it's just per per Mac now. Maybe the range is they didn't ditch the range. So. Yeah. So was yeah. that was that purely uh, the the hardware cost, or is that also taking into account the support costs? It's total cost of ownership, and some of this okay. I don't quite know as well as I would have liked. A um, little bit of uh, uh, a backstory. So, so I was supposed to fly to the JNUC conference um, on Monday of that week, and then it was like an evening event, and then keynote the next morning, and then a media lunch that, that the next day, and um, and that was when I was going to talk to to Fletcher Brevin. Um, big huge snowstorm in the midwest 900 mm-hmm. flights canceled my flights canceled i can't fly on monday i end up flying mm-hmm. first thing on tuesday even still my flights are delayed i managed to make it to the conference halfway through the media lunch oh. so i missed his keynote um and i mean i got to talk to him for a while but i was literally like going all out to get to, to the hotel in time to be able to talk to this guy. So, uh, so it wasn't in the best of states to remember every detail. Like, wasn't yeah, wasn't in the press release initially, so I didn't know it and things like that. So, yes, yeah, so I'm not 100 percent certain on that detail. Um, but uh, but nonetheless, this year's finding, um, which is you know what he what there was a press release. I had been working from a pre uh, an embargoed press release, um, and then what was with the, at the keynote um, was even more interesting because they actually tried to say, well, it's not just total cost of ownership, right? I mean, that's a, that's, that's a useful number, but what does it mean in terms of the work these people are doing? Productivity or activity. Um, what's true about these users? And, um, and so this is where you just, we just got this, this, just absolutely amazing numbers, which is that, um, you know, that, that Mac users were, since this, I have to state it correctly because you have to be careful with these things. 22% more Mac users than Windows users exceeded expectations in their performance reviews. (laughs) Right? Wow. So so, So it's not exactly saying that the Mac users are more are more productive because that's a tremendously tricky thing to to say right. but but exceed it but, but performance reviews everyone's getting the same performance reviews presumably that's something the company puts some effort into making sure there's a, a, a sort of uniform standard because companies base you know raises and you know well, compensation it, it, on that sort it's of highly sub- performance reviews are highly subjective because you know you, the depending it's on the boss or, and what they yeah i mean highly subjective but the numbers now in your article, you said that IBM now has 290,000 Apple devices yeah. in the company in 2019. Like, so, I'm sure that's a lot of iPhones, though. 
It's probably a lot uh, of iPhones, but a lot of phones, yeah, yeah. But the uh, Mac users in specific, I mean, on that kind of scale, yeah, that, that subjectiveness starts to go away. I think you've got a real correlation, right? Precisely, you know that that individuals, and you know, and it's again, HR and that kind of a company is going to be very interested to make sure that people aren't just like whacking their numbers out of you know, like you know, just giving everyone yeah. fives because. Of oh yeah, they they're all about HR the, cares about that, yeah. And and I'm sure they have quotas on how many people they got to give the bottom rating, and they won't call them quotas because quotas are illegal, but they really are quotas. <laughs> Can you tell I worked in corporate? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. So so that was fascinating, and then the other one, the other um, big number there was that. The Mac users who were salespeople closed deals that were 16% larger than closed by their Windows-using brethren. So basically, the Mac-using salespeople sold better. Whoa. Now, Was that because they were using Keynote and the charts were prettier <laughs> and people are wowed by pretty charts? Oh, yeah. Well, and that's I mean, Fletcher Previn. I mean, he was so careful to avoid um, you know, causation versus correlation yeah. Um, con- because yeah, we don't know why these people. And he said, but you know, it sure it just is could, interesting. But it could be. He said it could be that you know the kind of hard driving salespeople who um, feel that you know that they 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 sort of look at IBM and they say, ah, the interesting people are using Macs. You know, or sort of that's you know that that's the you know they. That's there's something that sort of correlates to oh the kind of people I want to be like are Mac users so I'm going to be a Mac user and but then you're getting the the really real go getters um, using hmm. Macs as opposed to like yeah whatever's fine you know give me what I mean, I mean PC's okay that I'll take a PC you know you get that kind of limp lettuce kind of PC user <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah right. limp lettuce wait I got to if I titled my shows it would be limp lettuce kind of PC user. <laughs> Sorry, that's uh, Tanya and I have phrases, and that's one of our phrases. So, <laughs> I mean, the problem is you know people, right? You yeah. know, people, you know, you shake hands and they're kind of like, <laughs> they, have, they have no opinion. And precisely. That's you know, not going to be a hard hitting salesperson. Yeah, precisely. So, yeah. so anyway, so, I mean, that's what Fletcher was saying is that, that you know, you, you don't know what it is, but the simple fact was when they, you know, compared their salespeople, the Mac users closed higher, you know, larger deals. 16% larger deals. That, you take that to the bank if you're a business. I yeah, mean, yeah. Who cares about that little bitty number you had over there of $546 <laughs> saved for PC? You're right. That, that's chump change compared to that. Right, precisely. Wow. So, so, and this one was, I didn't actually get to hear him say this because it was only in the keynote. It wasn't in the initial press release. But do you know what a net promoter score is? No, uh-uh. Net promoter score is a it's a thing. You can go look it up in Wikipedia. Um, basically, you say how likely are you to recommend X to someone else? You've seen these before. Okay. And a scale of one. Oh, to 10. right, right. And it's okay. usually after you're really pissed off. Well, so so the interesting thing about a net promoter score is it's a one to ten, but that doesn't mean that um, uh, that you know like it's a, it's a it's not a linear scale exactly. So the net promoter scale nine and ten are good. Seven and eight are okay, and anything else is bad. Oh, really? Yeah. And oh. there's ways of there's ways that they figure this out. But any of if somebody's ambivalent, score, that's bad. Bad. That's oh. our, yeah, that's bad. So um, it, ambivalent is just as bad as as recommending against um, in this particular. I like to uh, give model. a four because that's just kind of like sand in your eye. You know? <laughs> so 
So in any event, so that and again, I didn't, I don't know what the question was because I wasn't in the keynote. Um, but the but the net promoter score um, for Mac users versus Windows users was forty seven point five for Mac users compared to fifteen for Windows users. And the way it was explained to me is sort of anything. It, it's actually pretty common to be low. Like Wait, to this be, is this is about employee satisfaction, right? Yeah, precisely. Okay, so the employees are saying, "How satisfied like, are you with your job?" Or with your computer or something like that. That's like, I don't know what the question was exactly. But along those, Uh, okay. Those lines. But numbers in the, like in the forties are insane. That's insanely high. Really? Uh, Yeah. Really? So most people. Because the scale, sorry, the scale, net promoter scale actually goes from 100 to negative 100. And you know, we have to write, have to read up on how it's how it's calculated again. Negative 100. So, oh, so 47 and a half is three quarters of the way up the scale. Right. So, okay. so, so single digit positive is actually okay. Oh, you know, okay. Still positive, right? So but, 15 is good. So 15 is pretty good, but okay. 47.5 is like out of the ballpark. Wow. I mean, all these people love their computers. They love whatever they're being asked about. So that was, you know, that was an, a really, really interesting one. And I said, I wish I'd known about that ahead of, so I could have asked him more about that one. Yeah, but, yeah. But then here's the the, the last uh, number that they shared, um, which I thought was, again, just tremendously interesting, um, was that the Mac users were 17% less likely to leave the company. Really? Yeah. I mean, attrition, turnover is a really big deal for companies. It costs a lot to bring on a new employee and train them and all that. And they're usually not the losers. Right. That that right. quit, right. in my experience. <laughs> you don't get rid of the deadwood, damn it. <laughs> Never. They, I mean, once in a while. I sent a guy, I did. I it was a really terrible performer. I sent him to a conference hoping he'd get a job offer, and he did. It's like the best <laughs> five grand I ever spent. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, you know, so basically, um, you know, it's just absolutely fascinating to look at these things. Oh, yeah. And here's the, here's the, here's the number of what they're up to. This is, they're up to 200,000 max now. Wow. That's max, not not combined. So, yeah, do they have any stats on on how many people they need to support those two hundred thousand? Yeah. So this was a. It was funny because the numbers are changing, and they're. I think they're slightly giving different numbers. Like this isn't help desk engineers. Okay. This is what they call support engineers, and they only need seven for two hundred thousand max, whereas they need twenty for two hundred thousand Windows devices. So that's probably the the higher end questions, not can you reset my password or right. you know yeah it's not just calling in for something simple my hard drive it, failed. It, right precisely so I, I, again I don't quite know what that job description was because it's obviously you know lower than what they were you know quoting several years before in terms of help desk employees well, so to be fair Jamf might be getting some credit for that too right in, oh, in no. reducing the numbers of people that you need to to manage it if you've got yep. slicker software to manage it. And IBM, like one of the things that they did, um, I want to say they did this, announced this last year, was that they open sourced their system for onboarding. Because the hard part with all this stuff is bringing someone new in. Here's your computer, get started. Okay. And so point, the point, one of the big things that, that, that uh, device management software does, and you work with Apple, um, when you buy stuff as a business through Apple, um, the devices are connected to you as a business. They know that they know that you know that this. You buy okay. this Mac as IBM. IBM. It's an IBM machine, and so as soon as the person opens it up, um, it it uh, it's it, it it finds a Wi-Fi and you know it connects it to Wi-Fi network. It's it starts. Oh, it's pre-configured. Well, no, it's not pre-configured. It starts configuring itself. Oh, 
because you think about it, some stuff is general, like all IBM machines need this stuff, mm -hmm. but a lot of stuff is going to be specific to that user. And so, so as soon as you open it up, it starts configuring itself with general IBM. Then as soon as you log in, because, you know, HR is giving you your username and your password, as soon as you log in, that connects over to Jamf Pro, and Jamf Pro says, aha, you're a salesperson okay. in, in this geographical territory. Wham, here's all your stuff. Wow. And, okay. and so... IBM had had come up with a with its uh, a proprietary not proprietary they'd come up with their own system for like walking people through this entire process and giving them choices about different IBM apps and you know systems and all that kind of stuff and that was what they open sourced um, uh, a little while back. By open so, source, you mean they gave that process to the open source community? Yeah, really. So that anyone it. that's cool because 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 it. it it's it's like it's plumbing, right? You don't know, yeah. you don't you you know you don't keep proprietary pipes. That's not helpful. <laughs> you want the same pipes as everyone else has, and you want other people using those pipes so that when you need someone who's who knows how to plumb them, you can find them. Ah, right? yeah, that's a really good point. So, so yeah, so so it made sense that they did this. It was this isn't like IBM secret sauce of why they make more money than than their <laughs> competitor. So. They do that in other ways. An awful lot of companies think of it that way, though, right? Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, but uh, but I thought I thought it was nice to see that they didn't. Um, yeah, so, yeah. But uh, so yeah, so this is so this is just fascinating. Now you know, as a Fletcher Brevin was super careful to say you know to avoid the like well because they chose Max, they're better employees. He never said that. <laughs> but what he also. So I'm, I'm chatting with him, and um, and and I I mean I have the transcripts. He used the term "better employees." several times <laughs> because how do you not describe someone who does better on their performance evaluations and closes higher sales deals and calls support less as a better employee yeah I mean, that's that, what, what metrics yeah what <laughs> metrics would you use to call them a better employee precisely so you know, dresses uh, appropriately for the weather i mean what <laughs> <laughs> check <laughs> so um so in any event um so you know, so he's very careful not to not to you know have correlation and everything like that. But um, um, and 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 it was pretty clear to me. I'm, I live in Ithaca, New York, and you know I went to Cornell and I have a lot of Cornell friends who are social scientists and things like that. And this is not research. Let's be clear about this. Mm -hmm. This is p-hacking. I mean, this is like data mining. They're looking at their data and, and seeing if it supports, you know, if it... Make you know, up a theory to go with the data you already have. Uh, we have a woman named Dr. Marianne Garion pretty often who does a social or does a research on memory. And uh, she's always warning against that is you don't get to call it a theory if you did it after you had the data. Precisely. So, so I, I think, I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any reason to doubt their numbers, mm -hmm. but I think they looked at their numbers and then pulled out the results. Um, you know, then, you know, like they were not going in you know, into this in that, when that way, regardless, it's irrelevant. That's business. We're not, we're not talking business. We're not talking science. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, nonetheless, it seems to me that, um, whatever the confounding variables that make that possibly make this true. Because we don't know why someone chose the Mac. We just know that they did, right? Right. They could be younger. They could be smarter. They could be prettier. They could, they could um, be older. They could be older. They could be, you know, more set in their ways. They, you, there's, there's just no way of knowing, right? There's so many possibilities that, that IBM didn't look at because they weren't doing science. Right, but right. We don't, so we don't know what the answer is. But what we do know is that choice is the deciding factor. So... 
Uh. If you're interviewing someone, why isn't one of your questions? Well, we have an employee choice program at IBM. Uh, which which you know platform, Mac or PC, would you like? <laughs> See, oh, I'm so sorry. We'll we'll be in touch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the person, especially if the person says ah, Mac or PC, I don't care. Yeah, you know that's not the person you want because that's a limp lettuce thing. <laughs> right, <laughs> precisely. But so, but seriously, I mean, what it, what this basically what this what this study shows is that the people who tend to choose Macs tend to be better employees. That's what it shows. Yeah, there and is a correlation. The correlation. We don't know why. Um, we're not pretending we know why. And Maybe it could it's be why Apple is the the most, uh, or was at least at one point in time the most valuable company in the world. They're all Apple employees. That's probably it, right? <laughs> they all chose the Mac, really by definition. They actually figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so so that's the that's the really fascinating part about this whole the whole, this whole situation is is that you know. It doesn't necessarily. We don't actually know that the difference the Mac makes at all. It's merely the kind of people who choose it are clearly prettier and smarter. Exactly. Exactly. I I, I don't understand. I can see a lot of reasons why those things would be true, except for the less likely to leave the company. That uh, one, that oh, one's sorry, really sorry, odd. And more loyal. I'm sorry. And more loyal. Yeah. Well. Uh, I don't know that you can even say more loyal. So, so the so so, I think you're probably your best bet is in in explaining that is just job satisfaction. That if these people are more satisfied with their jobs, they're performing better. If they're performing better, they're probably being compensated better. Um, so, so let's assume that bonuses and you know pay pay is based uh, right. on you know exceeding your 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 uh, performance evaluation um, expectations. You've got you a know, higher, the, higher sales. You're getting more money for that. You're more. You know that just uh, you're doing you're doing well. You want to stick around and keep doing well. Again, we don't know. There's no we did the research wasn't done that way um, to to find that out. Because a single data point is how you should draw your conclusions, I'll give another personal example. Um, I worked for a company for 35 years. I used the Mac for the from uh, whenever they came out in like 1983, 84 until the last five years. I had to use Windows and then I quit. See? Right. <laughs> but I, like, okay, I'm so done with this. <laughs> I got to tell you, my I mean, you know, I became successful at functionally using the tool. I could mm -hmm. get my job done from A to Z. I could functionally get it done. But you would constantly hear me yell from my office, people <laughs> choose this? Because I just, it was more of a, um, just a, a, you know, if, if somebody rubs your hand for, for three seconds, you're fine. But if they did it all day long, you're just ready to just shake them off and tell them to cut it out. That's what it was like. It was just like having this, this minor irritation all oh day long yeah, and it right. was wearing on me you know sand in the shoes sand in the shoes yeah you know we we mentioned camtasia and and that was the uh i did video podcasting stuff inside the company video tutorials and such and i used camtasia on that and i i literally cannot say enough bad stuff about this software <laughs> there it is it is in my whatever 83 to now usage of computers it is the worst thing i've ever used and and one of the one of the wow. things was it would just like decide that i didn't have a microphone 
<laughs> and and Camtasia would say, well, you know, you just don't have the right driver. I said, I did yesterday. Where did it go? You know, it was it was just horrible. It was just like grindingly awful to use. Every video took me forever to do. I could when, get uh, it done. Back in uh, 1991, um, uh, Tanya worked at Microsoft doing support for Microsoft Word uh, on the oh, Mac. Okay. And um, the... You know, she 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 actually realized fairly early on that you didn't want to learn Windows oh. because if you learned Windows as a, as a support person, they were going to at some point transfer you to Windows. Like oh. that was what drove the company back in the early 90s. And so yeah. whether it was Windows, you know, Word for Windows or, you know, just Windows in general, you were. And so she really, really tried very hard to avoid <laughs> becoming too good at too good at Windows. Like, oh, I don't but, know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, during that time, you know, and talking to people and whatnot, she's like, you know, all problems with Windows actually come down to it's the video driver. Oh, you know, really? Like, it That's just answered out, like, every question. Video driver every freaking time, you know, <laughs> like, too bad. You don't have any choice about it. You got to have a video driver to run your monitor because they don't have standards. And, you know, I was like, oh, it's a video driver yeah, every time. So and the card and yeah. So, um, so yeah. So uh, you can just get weird stuff like that. And that, and it, as you say, it does, it, it's a drain. And, you know, and so if you'd been using a Mac for those last five years and everything had been hunky-dory, would you have left at the same time? That's the question. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> I <laughs> oh, wanted no. out. But so, you know, I, it's it's really fun to put all of this in perspective in our own frame of mind, yours and mine and Tanya's and how everything's happy, joy, joy on the Mac. And Catalina <laughs> hasn't been a, a dumpster fire of, of pain and anguish. Um but I, I really wondered, I mean, there, I knew a lot of people who used PCs and were perfectly comfortable with them. And I tried to, to hang out with these people and say, okay, well, how do you get slick at it? You know, how do I go from functionally being able to get my job done to feeling the difference between a piano player and a pianist is what I like to say on the, on the Mac. Yeah. I am a pianist on the, on the, uh, on the PC. I was a piano player at best with one hand tied behind her back. So how right. do you make that leap? And nobody could ever seem to help me because nobody seemed to have the same way to do things because a lot of stuff is done five different ways. You know, you can do the same thing a bunch of different ways. And so when you went looking for the for the solution, there were too many solutions in some ways. I don't know. Right. I I don't have a lot of experience actually watching really good PC users. Um, so I don't. So I'd be but I'd be curious because every now and then I'm helping someone um, or particularly if I'm, I'm doing something for someone on my computer. Mm -hmm. So like it's set up the way I expect. Mm -hmm. And every now and then people will just kind of like. They'll, they'll glaze over like, how do you do this that quickly? I'm like, I'm just really good at it at this point. You know, <laughs> I mean, like it's set up exactly the way I want, you know, and all this kind of stuff. But even on someone else's computer, you know, Spotlight's going to be there. I can launch anything I want from Spotlight. You know, I don't have to go look for it. Right. Um, You're not you know, having to open a finder window and go right. to the applications you know, folder. I can, I can delete files with command delete so right. I don't drag things to the trash. And so, you know, so a lot of times when I'm even when I'm helping people on their computers, I'm moving much faster than than they can right. And follow. that's what I was looking for in Windows people right. is the people who had those skills that you and I yeah. have, but on Windows. And I had yeah. trouble finding it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's it is just different. To be fair, you know, um, when was it? Nineteen ninety five. Um, nineteen ninety five, I actually wrote a book um, uh, called Crossing Platforms, which was a translation dictionary between mm. the Mac and um, Windows ninety 
No, it was 1998. I'm sorry. It was, it was Windows 98, I think. Um, and um, I was supposed to write it with David Pogue, but he had gotten caught up in another book and didn't end up having time to do it. So I ended up doing pretty much all myself. And it was fascinating looking at each topic on each platform because basically oh, the whole yeah. point was is it was there were two halves to the book. If you were a Mac user, you looked up alias. So it's like a French, and, English, English, French dictionary. Yeah, precisely. You okay. looked up alias. It told you what a shortcut was. Oh, that's because you don't even know what the name is on Windows, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, you're like, how do I do an alias? Well, it's called a shortcut, and here's how it's the same, and how here's how it's different. Oh, I and bet so that was I, a great education to have to write that book. It was, and I spent. I said I, at the time, I, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't end up liking Windows particularly, but I was like, okay, yeah, you really can Understood do all it. the same stuff. Um, you know, it's just it's a it's a different mindset. And is once you got into the mindset, you're okay. Because I would mm -hmm. love, I would love to have a reference like that in the current, uh, oh, in the current yeah. operating system. Yeah. That's, uh, and I certainly would have liked it when I was on uh, Windows. Oh, I should, I should explain one reason why my life on Windows was so bad was <laughs> I chose if I was going to have to use Windows, I wasn't going to use what the company wanted me to use, which was XP. I wanted, I went to Vista. <laughs> so I'm the only Vista user too, right? Because everybody right. else, I was an IT fellow, so I was allowed to, you know, screw around to pretty much whatever I wanted. And uh, so I was using Vista, so nobody could even help me because they're like, I don't know what that thing is. What are you, what are you even talking about? So yeah. that was the one that also had like the permissions uh, request yeah. for every site, just like Catalina. Just like Catalina. Yeah. 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 Right. Precisely. So you know what I really and, like know, is how Catalina forgets the permissions. Have you started seeing that? Stuff I, honestly, I am stops. not running Catalina on my main Mac yet. <laughs> um, so uh, I have not gotten to, I mean, my laptop does enough fewer things that I haven't gotten hit with that too badly. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's real fun. Where like, I mean, my, my, uh, I use feeder to post my uh, podcast and I had to set up my SSH to, so it could push it up and it, it talks to my RSA key. And then just one day it goes, no, I, you got to give me permission to do that. I've been doing it for two weeks. Where did it go? So that's yeah, fun. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and as I said, in some ways we've gone backwards, too. I mean, I remember I've been using double monitor Mac setups since literally 1990, 1990 on mm. SE30 with an, uh, you know, Apple 13-inch color display. Whoa, look at you. Yeah, I man, I do double monitors. That is the hottest um, thing I've ever heard. That An SE30 <laughs> with an XR monitor? I didn't even know you could do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You had to get this. You had to get the SE30 expansion card, and you know, connect. Let me to guess. It all, but I had trouble with the video driver, right? <laughs> no, because it was a Mac. It just freaking worked. <laughs> and it was a color monitor. Because that was back when Macs weren't color. So, wow. but but any event, um, one of the things that I've always paid attention to over the years because of this is apps that re remember what where they're located on your desktop oh. when you when you quit. And you know what apps really don't do it at all anymore. Apple apps, oh, messages, iTunes, they can't remember where the <laughs> blank you put them, um, which drives me up the wall. Every time I reboot and messages comes up, it's in a different spot on my main monitor than I, I want it off my, you know, my, my secondary monitor in the upper left corner. I mean, that's where I like it. You know, I never Why even can't noticed, remember it's up there? I never even noticed that they, that they did. Yeah. Well, so if you get, if you, if you work on multiple monitors, you usually get windows in really particular spots. And yeah, I've been working on multiple monitors for a long time. I use a, a laptop with a big monitor, but um, I'm just always moving them around. I'd never even noticed they were supposed to stay still. Yeah, well, see, laptop's different, though, 
because with a laptop, you're disconnecting and reconnecting, and oh, you know, okay. so you expect it to be moving around. But I'm you. talking at a 27-inch iMac with a 27-inch Thunderbolt. Okay. So, so I expect things to be in the same spot, so I can just automatically. I hear a certain sound. I just look in the the appropriate corner. Pavlov tells you to look over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you start drooling. It's terrible. <laughs> Um, but uh but so yeah so it's so it's really kind of maddening when apps don't remember where they are on my screens and i'll tell you that's what that's what the finder windows have started to do is they don't they forget what size you like them finder has always been a very weird like you resize it you position it you close it you open it you open a new window you resize it you position it close it and like on the third or fourth time it's it starts remembering yeah that's gotten worse in catalina yeah as a <laughs> really, really not encouraging. It'll do, it, it'll do it right for a couple of weeks and then it'll forget. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Just maddening. Yeah. Cause I mean, like I have two finder windows on my left on my secondary monitor stacked in column view, um, you know, taking up, you know, like that. I don't know. It's like a quarter, a third of the monitor um, in a vertical, vertical swath. And those have to be there. What, what OCD medication do you take? <laughs> Not enough. I've never heard of that. <laughs> really? Oh man. I mean, there's a there's whole utilities. I mean, like I'm not one of the people that needs a utility though. Well, like, okay, I have Moom. You yeah. So you got a utility. Yeah, but I, I use that for screencasting because you got to make sure that the the picture the thing stays in yeah. the same place when you leave and come back. <laughs> right. So so because I don't move things around particularly. They just all stay in the same place. And because it's a Mac, it goes weeks and weeks and weeks between restarting sometimes. So that's part of the problem is that, you know, like, why didn't this go? Oh, right. Because I haven't restarted since last month, you know. So I don't remember. I don't remember the last time I restarted necessarily. I I wonder whether part of the, back to the IBM thing, part of the, uh, uh, the lack of problems when you look at how often you have to reboot. I mean, I think it's gotten worse lately, but I, I, when I was working, I was using a Mac. I went uh 90 days without rebooting once now 87 days in i no longer had the finder <laughs> but i th- i took it as a personal challenge to see what i could do from the terminal and i learned how to launch apps and find you know open files and stuff from the fi- from the uh, terminal so i never had to OCD, but you're clearly a book <laughs> for punishment so <laughs> but i mean you can't stop at 87 <laughs> see right <laughs> Of course. No, I understand. And this um, is why we need Mac yeah, support groups. I, um, I don't know what I'm at right now. I mean, the problem is nowadays is you get you get updates. Yeah. Uh, so I meant oh, yesterday. Yeah, I'm, I mean, God, it's terrible. I know. I know. It used to be the good old days, right? <laughs> Although I, I have to admit, the last time I restarted was my fault. Um, I, I have a, I use a Contour Designs Roller Mouse Pro as my main pointing device. So it's this okay. weird, like trackbar-like device, uh-huh. um, and and um, and I will sometimes attach a mouse if I need to do do particular kinds of things or the, the roller mouse is acting up. But there's one thing you can't do with the, with a mouse or with this device, which is you can't rotate stuff in preview. You need a trackpad for that. Oh. Um, it's a cute little thing in preview. Any object you can rotate, but you got to have fingers um, to do it. Okay. Because uh, no other way. And so I connected a magic trackpad to do this, to just to rotate some stuff I was doing in preview. And then I put it on my desk. And then a little while later, I couldn't click. Like my mouse is working, but like I couldn't click anywhere else. And the keyboard was working. I could switch between apps. And I'm like, oh, what is this? Well, I tried various things. Like, okay, fine, I'll restart. And, um, and uh, you know, while I was restarting, I was sort of cleaning up my desk, and I look, I looked like, oh, 
there was something actually pushing the trackpad down. Uh. <laughs> that's why it wouldn't click anywhere. And I'm like, I feel kind of stupid now. I actually so, had to get a different kind of dock that I could put on the left side of my computer because my my uh, headphone cable kept dragging across my trackpad and causing these bizarre things to happen. You know, it was <laughs> worth having you on for the fact that I just found out you can use your trackpad to rotate images and preview. <laughs> I, images are I, always I, I, 90 degrees. Preview. <laughs> I know everything about preview. And I will say, unfortunately, is it's not getting better. It's getting worse. Oh. I haven't tried it much in Catalina, but in Mojave, it got worse by a good bit. Oh, bummer. Well, uh, yeah. I, there's something irritating about the fact that 100% of the time, I have to rotate images in preview three times. Because it only goes <laughs> clockwise, and I always need to go counterclockwise. 100%. Down the option key. Well, then the option key goes, well. Yeah. Okay. Command option, uh, command R and command option R. Well, most or of shift. this interview was a waste of time, but that's been, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you serious? I did not know that. Look at that. Actually, I said it backwards. It always goes left. I want it to go right. Yeah. I, wow. I, 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 See, now, the thing is, I know that it goes both ways, but I don't remember which way is which, <laughs> right? So, I mean, I think Command R is right. It's um, so like it rotates Oh, there's clockwise. a keystroke, too? Oh, yeah. So I only know the keystrokes. I don't know. There's commands. <laughs> I don't ever uh, use okay. menus. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. But nonetheless, right. So, yeah, if you option, um, if you hold on option or you use the other keystroke, then it'll it'll flip it the other way. And that's, that's what I'm not quite sure what it is, because I, I just always, I, I don't know which, like, I, I don't even know which way I usually want to rotate the image. I'm like, oh, some way. So I hit the keystroke a few times. I think I'm going to uh, do an experiment where I spend a couple of days in every single Apple made app holding down the option key and clicking on every single thing and make a list of everything that happens, because there's a lot of cool stuff with options. So. So a good Apple app, I mean, a good Mac app, I should say, because not just Apple, when you hold down the, when you drop a menu, um, the drop the file menu, if you hold down the, uh, the option key, those items should all change dynamically. Interesting. So, so you can see, you can just sort of go through the menus um, and yeah. see what happens as you start pressing modifier. Same with shift, same with control. Um, so. Oh, I, okay. I get, I, that's going to be a separate blog post then if I got to do control and. <laughs> option yeah. and stuff you know but yeah. yeah oh i didn't notice that it does it dynamically yeah i'm just doing it in notes right now most of the menus aren't changing but some of them are right right yeah and it just i mean it depends and and see notes won't do it because notes is a new app and new apps don't have the depth of the old ones so preview okay. is an old app and so preview is a surprisingly deep app so oh and when i said i was you needed the trackpad to rotate stuff you can rotate stuff in 90 degree increments no problem right. uh, really the whole image but if you want to take an object and just rotate it just a little bit or an arbitrary number of angles that's what you need the trackpad for huh two finger two finger rotate so i tried and to so two finger rotate so a little was, bit and it's snapping it's snapping back to uh to an object put an object on the screen what's an object so uh, do markup and then put a square on the screen or something oh, like that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So, so here's what I was doing to be clear. I w I'd taken, I had a stock photo of uh, like a, you know, a person using a Mac and having an iPhone on the desk. And I wanted the iPhone on the desk to have an image of um, the software update screen. And so, so I took a screenshot of the software update screen and I copied it and I pasted it into that other image. And then it's an object. As long as you don't, as long as you don't close, okay. save and close in preview, it remains an object. Oh, okay. Um, so and then you can close it, it flats and becomes bitmapped. Okay. But so I could I could actually you know resize my screenshot and rotate it with the trackpad just enough so that it fit with the angle of the iPhone on the desk. Oh, that's and put slick. It, put it on the screen. 
So yeah. So as it, it's it's I mean put it this way. I cannot do Photoshop. I am not a graphics person, mm -hmm. but I can make preview dance. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's back to the pianist part, right? Precisely. Precisely. And it's there for everybody. I mean, preview is a shockingly powerful app. You just, no one realizes how much preview can do. And, you know, and with just a tiny bit of extra work, Apple could make it even better. But, you know, they'd have to actually do some, do some work. You know, Adam, you really should write this stuff up somewhere. You know, <laughs> like you should consider writing tips or, you know, like, like a newsletter or something. You know, I could I could like send it out weekly, all these little tidbits of information. I mean, they just I could put them together. I could do that. You totally could. Oh, before I, I ask everybody or ask you to give the URL, I did want to thank you for the tidbits autocorrect that you can download and install in uh, Text Expander. Oh, wow. That's a whole nother story. That's a long story. Oh, it is. Well, we'll make that a tease for next time then. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, it used to be called the Eudora Autocorrect Dictionary. Ooh, there is a backstory. Yeah, it goes way back. <laughs> All right, Adam, for the uh, two people on Earth who haven't already signed up for the fabulous <laughs> newsletter, they would go to... Go to tidbits.com. All right. Just well, like it's spelled, T-I-D-B-I-T-S. And at the bottom of any article, you can sign up for the newsletter if you want to get it in email or just read the website. Hey, we're not picky. You know what? Newsletters are fun. I like it fed to me. I, I like getting stuff in email personally. I actually use a service called Blogtrotter to actually subscribe to blogs because if I have to remember to go somewhere, I'm not going to. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. I don't, and I, and this overwhelms me because I want to read too much and then I just get hundreds of things and it like scares me. So I like stuff coming in by email and I just scan it and you know move past. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. I have smiled all the way through and enjoyed every single minute of it. Thank you for being on the show. You're very welcome. I've had a great time too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says Support the Show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the NoSilla Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other NoSilla Castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack. Or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.